Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, White Sox fans. Who needs February? February? We're back. It's March. There's been a lot of podcast news. We're going to touch that uh, right at the top of this podcast here. But I'm here with Melissa Sage Bolenbach, who's she's come with notes. So I might just hand the microphone over to her. Uh, Super Joseph Reeses, uh, as always, representing the Indianapolis field office, about to get new digs. But we'll talk about that in just a second. And, of course, Jordan Haas, uh, who has admittedly watched less spring training baseball than Melissa, but we'll iron all that out in a few minutes. Up top, uh, I'm Brett Ballantini hosting still. <laughs> they haven't kicked me off yet. But on that note, uh, <laughs> Vox <laughs> has sort of kicked us off. Uh, technically, we're not supposed to be doing Vox podcasts anymore. Uh, the deadline got uh, delayed. Uh, you know, you might have heard, you know, they like act some sites like our, uh, our brothers and sisters at uh, Second City Hockey. Uh, and they also axed a whole bunch of podcasts, including ours. Uh, we are not going to be affiliated with Southside Sox for much longer. We still are. April Fool's Day is the target day to switch over. Uh, something tells me it's going to happen a little more quickly than that. A lot of other stuff will come out about that. Uh, haven't really put together a post together yet, but I figure as long as you're actually bothering to listen to our podcast, because we're back. The four of us, we made a special effort to come back and talk to you about White Sox baseball. And because of that, I figured I should at least acknowledge the fact that, yes, we are soon to become Sox Populi. That is going to be our uh, umbrella of podcasts. That's the mothership now. Uh, all your favorite podcasts. I guess there's only a couple that are still active. But in theory, there are a dozen podcasts that could be dragged over to Sox Populi with us. We will uh, recharge the Patreon and do some special stuff there. We will still be able to... Uh, promote the podcast or at least put the podcast player uh, on Fox, at least until they decide to change their minds because they're a whimsical bunch. 
Uh, but if, in essence, nothing should really change for you as a listener. However you're listening now, you'll hear us still really nothing will change. So this is almost a formality that I'm explaining all this to you. And we may have a podcast just devoted to all the changes because the Fans First Sports Network, which we're joining now uh, with another 20 or so baseball sites, about 50 plus uh, sports sites in general, uh, is going to be doing a lot more interactive stuff, site to site. We didn't do a whole lot of that uh, at Vox. Uh, we don't do a lot of that with Vox. Uh, but, you know, before the Crosstown series, we'll probably uh, talk with Sarah Sanchez and, and some of the Cubs folks. Or, you know, if the Cubs are doing well and we're not, we don't want to talk to them. But at any rate, there's going to be a lot more uh, crossover, uh, crosstalk, uh, interplay, national podcasts. We've got at least uh, one member of our team who's going to be uh, doing what would be considered more of a, a national podcast, even if it is uh, more under our umbrella uh, of Southside Sox. And I've also reached out to some non-Southside Sox affiliated uh, people who do do White Sox content, and they may be coming sort of under our umbrella, even though we may have, you know, almost token interaction with them. We'll see. There's a lot of things happening. Oh, you know, I don't know. The timing couldn't be better, given that uh, opening day is just whatever, a month or something away. Uh, other thing probably needs to be uh, brought up at the top of this podcast. Um, uh, probably most of you by now, have gotten the news about the lack of punishment for a certain player on the White Sox. And it is bizarre to not really want to be able to, uh, or not be able to, because we're just, we're not really going to talk about 20% of your rotation or one 25th or 26th or 28th of your roster. But I, I don't really want to. And so, you know, other podcasts probably will, um, even under our umbrella, but this mothership, at least at this point, won't unless it's the celebratory uh, DFA and that will be a special two hour episode. And we, I, I zestfully look forward to hosting that podcast. I cannot wait. I hope it's tomorrow. I hope I can just ditch this podcast, even though I'm sure you're very entertained uh, and do the special two hour DFA podcast. I cannot wait for it. Uh, but what we're going to talk about here, uh, given the fact that we got baseball rolling, the White Sox have done fairly well. I definitely think there are some bright spots that we've seen on the team and probably also some weaknesses revealed or guys that we expected to maybe do do better right out the gate who haven't. Uh, so I'm going to just throw it out to the field um, or maybe just add the microphone permanently over to Melissa and get an idea. Let's start positive before we go to ad break and um, uh, ad break that is still paying Vox. Love you, Vox. Uh, and before that, let's talk about, let's go good. Good news for women. We've had a whole, whole off season of bad news. Let's talk good news for once about the White Sox. There's some really cool things that have sort of developed in just a, a week or so of baseball. I'd be curious just to go around the room here and um, maybe get what, maybe the favorite thing you've seen so far about the, the White Sox play or the buzz around the team or whatever. And the woman with the notes, I think it really, uh, it, it's owed. She is owed uh, first crack at it. Uh, Melissa, out of all of the, uh, the hundred or so points that you made about how good this team, how excited you are about this team, what's just jumping out at you a as a number one? What's got you excited? Um, well, I, I guess the fact that um, I've, I've enjoyed the hustle, like there seems sure. when I've been watching or listening to the games, there seems to be a lot of like, energy and um i mean we have 13 stolen bases which i believe i read last year in whole spring training we only had nine so we have 13 already and it's like fifth in all of the teams so to me like that's really exciting like that shows that they're i don't know just kind of taking a different approach um than maybe we did last year and also i guess the there are some guys on offense who are like on fire um which one of them being um 
Oscar Colas, which is super exciting because, you know, he was kind of told that he's going to be our right fielder and we didn't really know what we we're going to get. And so <laughs> I think there was a lot of us that were super skeptical, skeptical of what he was actually going to be able to bring. And again, it's spring training and, you know, you can hit, a per, have a perfect spring training and have an awful season. But I mean, I, I like that we're seeing good things from him. Um, I mean, he has seven hits. Um, he has a stolen base, so I'm I'm excited so far what he's brought. And he pulled an Eloy today. <laughs> yeah. Did. On the other hand, that's for the second <laughs> half of the podcast. That's the negative <laughs> part, Jordan. <laughs> he he's not hurt. He just ran into the wall. That's true. That's true. That that is some resilience that he's, we haven't always seen in Eloy. So that's I mean, true. but really, I mean, really, anyone probably has thicker bones than than bird boned Eli Eli Jimenez. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot to that. I mean, Colas looks like he could be a football player. I mean, the guy is really big, but he did wince when his hip went up against the wall today. And I was just like, oh no, he's down. It's awful. It's starting over again. Yeah. And he, from the start, uh, upon being, you know, he was this sort of advanced professional. He played in Japan already. So he, he wasn't really this like true rookie. And uh, from the start, he was talked about as being, um, a right fielder. And then last year they stuck him in center field. He was basically primary center fielder and he, he pulled it off. He quitted himself pretty well. You got to like maybe potential, let's say average center field ability in right field with the White Sox. That's nuts. This is good news. Uh, Super Joseph, what is, um, what was, um, jumped out at you? Well, Yasmani Grandal's play has certainly been a something that I've really enjoyed seeing so far. I mean, he had no power whatsoever last year. Um, and that was, in, in terms of just play of individual players, that was just way below what was expected. I mean, he very well may have been number one on that list last year. But, I mean, it's only been 12 plate appearances in spring training, but... He's slashing 500, 583, 900. I mean, like that, that'll get the job done and then some. I mean, so I, I'd say like he wins the MVP honors of this first you know, week or so of, of spring training so far. Um, and I don't know, like with as far as um, options in the middle infield, yeah, I mean, Eric Gonzalez has hit pretty well so far. I mean, I would say if he gets a lot of playing time in the, at the major league level this year, that's probably a bad thing, but I mean, they don't have a whole lot of depth at second base. I mean, they have Andrews and a bunch of guys previously who were fighting for the starting spot who were not good or probably weren't really ready for a starting job in major league baseball yet. Um, so, I mean, yeah, his yeah, he's been off to a hot start in, in spring training as well. So I mean, yeah, th- those two players you know could potentially provide a spark that you know, I personally wasn't expecting to to see this year. Jordan, they brought stats. I think we're in trouble. Uh, okay, Jordan, I'm not going to ask for like snapshots, or I'm not going to ask for slugging percentages, but uh, just you know, uh, observation of the team, um, vibe, uh, anything. Well, I like that. Elvis, they brought Elvis Andrews back because we didn't get to talk about that on the sort of podcast. And it was, True. seems like a good deal. Even if he's half as good as he was last year, that's still probably better than any second baseman we had last year. But, um, outside of that, I mean, in general, the pitch clock seems to be kind of nice. Um, it is spring training and it's still kind of slow. I wonder, I mean, there are always the detractors and things, but I, 
would enjoy not having to write about a four hour game every so often <laughs> as much as as much as it happens. But um outside of that, uh Billy Hamilton, love love seeing Billy Hamilton back too. The, he's he brings an energy that it seems like is uh affecting the entire team positively, which I like. Um from the three innings of baseball I've watched and the <laughs> clips I've seen on Twitter. But um yeah, I mean Going back to that stolen base conversation we're having real quick, it's interesting. I wonder if that's a um, product of new coaching and new approaches or if it's a product of the new rules right. as well, too, because it's like we've got so many things that are going to help facilitate stolen bases now that I wonder I wonder how many we're going to see from us this year, especially when we've got a decently fast roster. Yeah, I've made it very clear that Billy Hampton should have 200 stolen bases this year. I've made it pretty clear that the the rules are there to be exploited. They are not going to be the same rules next year because I think the game in a delicious way to me is going to be bastardized. And I, and I think Billy Hamilton is going to be a very, you know, I'm saying Billy Hamilton, but that type of player, maybe a guy who can get a base a little bit easier than Billy Hamilton. Sorry, Billy. Uh, you know, that type of, what Elvis Andrews who already did he even get caught. Like he got caught like once out of 20 or something last year. He was Excellent last year. He should not get caught this year. And there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to uh, run backwards and, and, and steal 50 under these new rules. Uh, I, I did have a little back and forth with, um, uh, JJ Cooper, baseball America, who pointed out to me, you know, because of course I'm just dismissive, like, oh, well, it's the new rules. There are going to be 8,000 stolen bases this year. And he did point out that, you know, in spring training, generally you do see more running. Um, for whatever reason, guys trying to dig to make the team or just bad. <laughs> a guy who's a shortstop playing catcher. I don't know, you know, what it is necessarily. And that always does go down a little bit. Uh, but then, you know, I've, I've sort of fought back with the research that, uh, you know, I did, uh, in the minor leagues last year. And that is, uh, the, the success clip was enormous in the minors last year playing under these rules. Uh, the frequency wasn't just the success. It was the frequency of stolen bases and even attempts, uh, uh did make an uptick. So maybe this, this this bubble that we see in spring training that always sort of falls back down to earth in the regular season might not be the case now. But I, let me throw it out to the field here. Having a first um, a first time and a first year manager in Pedro Grafal, and a guy that we've sort of heard and suspect is maybe getting some guidance from the front office. Um, not necessarily a yes man per se, but certainly willing to listen. Does that make him more or less willing, I mean, I guess we can just defer this to Rick, but uh, it make him less or more willing to maybe try to exploit those rules, maybe try to game the system. Whereas Tony Russo would be like, ah, stolen bases are, you know, I don't know what he feels, good, bad, whatever it is. It wasn't going to change if the rules changed, right? He's like, if he woke up in the morning. Is Pedro, is he going to be more hesitant as a first-year guy to try to maybe exploit some rules and even go with the strengths he has a feeling for, maybe because he's afraid Rick will say no? Or do you think because it's like, hey, I may only get one year. I may only get six months. Let's go for it. What, what's your sense of maybe what a first-year manager would do with the White Sox? I, I think Rick has built this roster to be both, you mean, kind of both speedy and powerful, and the power has kind of diminished, at least last year. Just could have been the ball, could have been a million other things. But I think there is enough speed on this roster that if Rick doesn't recognize it and isn't like, actively passing it off to Pedro. And if Pedro isn't recognizing being like, Hey Rick, we should do this. We should steal more bases, especially with these new rules. It's a missed opportunity. Cause I mean, under the old, I mean, 
you know, analytics would say, at least under the old rules, that, you know, stealing bases wasn't super beneficial or whatever because you're giving up it, you're trading out for a base. But now, now the fact that the, the, you know, the probabilities are higher, it's like you, you've got to assume that there's at least a little bit of more of a push, not just because he's new and there's new rules, but because it's a team that can do it too. Let me interrupt. I want to get uh, Joe and Melissa's thoughts too. Joe, the book says it's like it's like seventy two percent success rate. Then sort of makes is that the um, the breaking point for a stolen base? If, if you're, it if depends you're... on the situation, but okay. it's normally right around the seventy percent mark. 70%. It depends okay. on like how many outs there are and how many okay. runners are on base, and and but yeah, generally right around seventy percent. Okay, and Joe, your thoughts about whether Pedro might be more willing to try to exploit or experiment, or is he going to be more conservative? I feel like he'd be more adventurous. Um, that would be my, my lean. I, yeah, I don't think his mindset is that I'm, I might only get, you know, a year or two to do this thing. And, and, um, yeah, like hearing the way that Han talked about him uh, as he was introducing him, I I kind of felt like, yeah, he was very, very happy to be able to make this hire. And, um, yeah, um, with that in mind, I think that it, he'll probably be very receptive to um, different suggestions that you know, Han has. And I guess that's one of the um, few upsides that Han has is that he's more analytically sound than most people are in the organization. Um, <laughs> I, I that think... is the lowest bar ever, but I love that you gave him that <laughs> phrase, Joe. That's beautiful. But, yeah, that, that's my gut. I, I don't think he'll be su- super conservative with it. Yeah, that no, that's and that's that's fair to say. I mean, that's that's a good point. Um, and here's the thing: we don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if terms were really announced at all. The White Sox are really great. I mean, remember they gave Ricky that like like they didn't even announce that they gave him an extension. They gave him an extension. Pedro could have like five years. He could be like, you want to pay me for four years and fire me after a year? That's cool. I'll sit home and and eat popcorn and and get paid. I mean, we don't even know what his contract is. I mean, it could be a year. I doubt it's a year. Three. Three years, maybe. So I mean, you know, he he can probably manage with some abandon, knowing hey, they're on the they're on the hook for at least a couple of years. I have talked to Ricky. I know how this organization works. Uh, Melissa, your gut on whether uh, um, he he's more inclined to be conservative uh, or adventuresome, and you know, given that these are his first major league games, just kind of the vibe I've been getting, just listening to some of his interviews during spring training and things that he's he's definitely willing to look out to to do things outside of the box and not, you know, an old fashioned baseball way. So it's kind of like Tony LaRusse on one end and I feel like he's almost on the other. And in in and as long as it's not disastrous, I think Rick will go ahead and let it let it play out for a while anyway. And so I think especially in the beginning, I feel like he'll have the ability to maybe push the envelope with different things and test out how the new rules are going to affect everything. And there probably will come a point if it is awful, but I think at the beginning anyway, that he'll have a lot of leeway um, to kind of do what he wants to do going on what Joe was saying about Rick being so excited and almost giddy with um, Pedro's selection. So I like this optimism. I could see our win total predictions just moving upwards into the upper 80s and the 90s. It's beautiful. Let's talk about one more, I think, pretty clear positive that I'm going to bring up before we break and maybe go uh, um, negative like we like to do uh, here and there in the second half. Uh, and that is the bullpen. You know, the anchor is 
is out there. Obviously, Liam, um, get well um, soon. Uh, keep on fighting. It's great that he's been around the team a little bit. We've seen him even throwing some, you know, so that, you know, that's wonderful. Um, but you know, that's your anchor and, and, you know, that could easily throw a bullpen in disarray. And I don't have the numbers like Melissa or Joe might have in front of them, but my sense is that the team hasn't missed too much of a beat. And again, we're talking about a week of spring training and there are guys whose names you may never see again in a White Sox box score, or certainly wouldn't on opening day because, you know, you're just throwing arms out there, but the fact that they, you know, and, and, and Kendall Grayman has been awful. So that would be sort of the other, the next guy after Hendricks, who you'd say, okay, here's a veteran, you know, of course he's doing the world baseball classic now, but you know, you know, he can provide some stability. Well, he didn't do that, but yet this bullpen doesn't seem in any way like it's a disaster. I mean, that's a feather in Hans cap and it's something the White Sox seemingly have done pretty well year after year has managed to sort of churn out some bullpen arms. Sometimes guys disappoint like Aaron Bummer may never pitch again. His arm is, you know, always hurt or not working well but you know for for every one of those uh it does seem like the white Sox manager just sort of like cobbled together two three guys who you know you're sort of surprised by how well they do and even a guy like jose ruiz who who you know everybody punches down on some i mean he's managed to stick in major leagues you know not just be, I mean, the white Sox have had a good pen i think most of these years he's been with the team and you know he's he's there even if he's the last guy there so has the bullpen surprised you i do have are the numbers telling me that i'm a clown and i shouldn't really be hosting this podcast and i'm doing a, a bad job here by saying that it has been a positive early on no you're you're right on brett way to go oh my goodness <laughs> i get to live to host one more podcast yes like foster kelly raylo santos ruiz have all looked really really good um i mean like really good like no earned runs um, you know, strikeouts and things like that. Graveman has really pretty much been the only one that has been ungood and he's been really ungood. Um, but, uh, Martin hasn't been that great either. Um, then Stever got the boot today. Yeah. So, but the guy, you know, the, those core guys that we're going to rely on have looked really good. So that is also a huge plus and really exciting to see. I don't know. I also watched Jimmy Lambert give up like three home runs in an inning versus the Angels the other day too. So, yeah. but I mean, yeah, the bullpen is, uh, I mean, again, credit, kind of credit to Rick Hahn. He built the, you know, most expensive bullpen in baseball <laughs> for a reason that it can handle, you know, the best closer in the American league going out with, you know, the terrible disease that is. Except cancer. none of the expensive guys are doing anything. Well, I mean, I, yeah, that's true. I mean, but I, I am on the hashtag Raylo for closer train right for the time being, but he's, cause he seems like he's been pretty good and he's, you know, he's held down the fort for years now. I mean, he's been here almost longer than anybody. Might as well give him a shot to, to see what he can do. But, you know, bullpen, bullpen's not going to be bad. I don't think. I hope not. Kind of well, I was one to hate on Diekman big time last season, and he's looked really good too. So, I mean, that's a huge plus. Um, that and that and German is, is the yeah, German, um, yeah. Guy. yeah, he's also looked really good. So, I mean, I think there's been some kind of sleepers there too that were unexpected. So, I mean, I'm not saying I said Gregory Santos was our number nine prospect coming into the season, I'm not saying that, but you know, I did. So, Gregory, keep throwing well please make me look like i'm not that i don't have to give up hosting this podcast uh joe your your vibe on the bullpen is uh is is falling in line as well that you're uh generally impressed uh without hendrix 
and Graveman. <laughs> I, I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean they've they've been playing well, and um, I think that's overall there is enough talent in there to hold down the fort um, for the foreseeable future. And um, I mean, yeah, it's we'll see how it pans out when um, they face full lineups where they are. Um, not you know, facing you know just random like spring bites spring straining invitees, but um I mean yeah I I could I could see this this units operating at a at a high level even without a couple of their yeah. top performers yeah and it's a topic maybe for another podcast another uh, Vox or FF. SM podcast uh, and and it would be uh, picking Pedro's brain to see whether I mean he hasn't said. This guy's my closer. So, I mean, would he be willing to do a little closer by committee? Uh, uh, you know, dicey leverage situations. I mean, I would be very interesting and I would be very encouraged in his managerial instincts if he was willing to maybe not go by the book like, I don't know, Tony Lewis. And, you know, I mean, whether that means picking the hot hand, being willing just to, uh, you know, go matchups. I, I don't know what that is, but some sort of closer by committee would, would be intriguing. It's not necessarily the answer, but it would be intriguing if he was willing to do so. But like I said, sorry, I just threw all that out there because that's a podcast for another time we need to take a break because vox needs to get paid and we're going to come back and talk maybe about you know some of the things that have been shadowing the team there's, there's nothing now that we cleared up that stuff at the top of the podcast there's nothing that we should be disappointed about when it comes to the white Sox. so let's continue just a slightly more muted uh take on the first seven or ten days of white Sox spring training right after the break we'll be back after vox sells you something for a minute or so Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, White Sox fans, this is Southside Sox podcast number 137. We can still call it the Southside Sox podcast. You can't do anything about it. We're not changing the name yet, but we will. Uh, and if you somehow you're just tuning in because you're, you're always bored with the first half and you just automatically skip to the second half, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you might benefit from rewinding and getting a little bit of the information we gave you at the top because things are going to change with the podcast a little bit better. Get to that when you need to, because I know you just, you relish hearing uh, Southside Sox staffers diss the White Sox. I know you love that. Nobody ever in the comments says you guys are being too hard on the White Sox. So, uh, okay, let's give the people what they want, crew. Um, things that you would consider, aside from, again, the obvious uh, you know, things that maybe been uh, a little disappointing. Again, this is very early, so we certainly can't lose our heads about really anything on this team. And that goes for on the good side too, even though we're going to pretend that the good stuff's all going to stick all year. And this is a 95 win team. Uh, there's some, some bad stuff or some, you know, worrisome stuff, I suppose. Uh, again, I'm going to, I got to go back to the top of the board and go to Melissa there with that stack of notes, because I do not want those go to waste. Uh, something that's troubling you uh, maybe most still about the team nagging at you, Melissa. Oh boy. Okay. Um, I will, the one I will pick is so no, I, I'm going to pick two, but I'll be really fast. The defense. So they've had 11 errors in nine games. Ooh, not great. Um, I mean, spring training is the place to, to work out the kinks and things like that, but still 
That's kind of a lot. And then the other thing is um, we did have a positive run differential until today, but now we were negative one. Um, but we have only scored 43 runs, which is like the second lowest in all of the Cactus League, which is also not great. So while we've had some folks on fire like Eloy and Colas and Grandal, um, there's also been a lot not on fire like Benintendi, Moncada, Buyuri Garcia, and <laughs> TA. So um, it's, yeah. So those are kind of my two that I, you know, Eloy's been a singles machine. He's been hit, hitting well. He's got the most hits on the team, but they've all been singles. So there are still those few things that are kind of from last year nagging at the back of me in terms of scoring runs and not being a defensive disaster. Yeah, I think I saw Jordan tapping her mic saying, was this thing on? Because I did say you guys had a lot of power and slugging, and you're not showing it. Yes, the offense has been woeful. And, and, and in fact, it's a, a, a recency bias says that it's actually a normal offense because, boy, the first, like, five games, they even, like, score a run. It was it was woeful to begin spring training. Maybe they're starting to pick it up, and this is the real offenses we're going to see. But as Melissa just pointed out, there are several guys like, okay, come on. You only got like four more weeks before it sort of like starts. So um, please uh, start. Joe, uh, things jumping out at you that are, um, well, they're not keeping you up at night because you're not that silly, but uh, bothering you about this team. Yeah, I'd like to see more power from Anderson. Um, We saw like right around May 25th or so onwards, he was essentially a replacement level player. And a lot of that had to do with, um, he was slapping a lot of singles and had roughly a 250 average. But, you know, when you're batting right around 250 with not a lot of walks and not a lot of power, that's just not going to be a very good player. Um, so far, um, yeah, he's three for 15 with one double so far in spring training, which isn't great. Um, and, you know, I feel like for the White Sox to make a big run this year, it'll be difficult for them to do so if he's not playing at a high level. Um, and there's also, um, I don't know how much playing time Roman Gonzalez is going to have, but <laughs> before they signed Elvis Andrews, it seemed as though they were leaning towards him being the starter at second base. And um, nothing I've seen so far in spring training would even come close to justifying that. Um yeah, um, just both ends of the ball, both on at the plate and in the field. Um, he has not quite looked the part of a starting uh, second baseman yet. It has been a rough spring. Uh, okay, listen, crew, I um, use a lot of words, and I often don't use them right. I think I'm going to use this word right, but don't laugh at me when I don't. I think I want Tim Anderson for every one of his aphorisms. Every time he decides to post something that's 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 uh, 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 mystical and uh, aggravating and, and curious, every time he does that, which I think is a lot, I want a home run. That's fair. That should be the deal we have with Tim. We're going to read your weird ass tweets. Just get some spaghetti that you know night or the next day. Okay, seems fair. More power from Tim. Uh, Jordan, uh, you know, what? what is it? The what I've seen, uh, there's two things I don't like, and they're mostly pr- probably just, the, you know, results of it being spring training, but I still don't like them, is uh, Eloy in right field <laughs> and uh, the lineups, the lineup, the weird-ass lineups with Andrew Benintendi hitting third a mm. lot and Grafal saying, 
he likes yeah. him there for the time being. And I'm like, yeah. none of, nobody else does. Yeah. And he, was he, didn't he also say like, well, I'm not going to like tell you why? Like he's like, there's some, yeah, he's being he... very, very, um, <laughs> I don't want to say shifty, but very, um, secretive about it. And I'm scared that means that he's going to be the permanent three hitter with. <laughs> Basically no power. It's like you just swap him and Luis Robert and you'll be fine. Or Luis, sorry, Luis Robert Jr. now is his mm-hmm. uh, preferred mm-hmm. um, name. But I like now we don't have to debate whether it's Robert or, or, or Robert or Robert. Now, now we just say what, just as long as we get the junior. Yeah. You know, he's well, making now, it easier we, for us. Now, 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 now he's just, now he's like just junior. He's trying to be Ken Griffey. Stay, stay healthy, young man. Stay healthy. Uh, well, and remember, Grafal, he may have, he may have, um, palmed some files from the system. He may have that secret Kansas City intel that tell, that will tell us one day why Andrew Benintendi should be a number three hitter. Uh, boy, if the offense is that bad that he's a number three hitter, I think the, the win total estimates are, are now going down. See, look, second half, we promised it was going to be a little more depressing. Andrew Benintendi in the three hole all season is a 65 win projection. <laughs> That's metrics. You can't argue that that's metrics. Uh, no doubt about it. Okay. We may have missed good or bad. Uh, we got a little time left. Other things we may have skipped or people we should mention. We covered a lot, but, um, uh, good or bad things we've seen. Well, um, Hans or Alberto has been doing really well. And so, and then, and then, Leori Garcia has not. So I'm like, how, you know, if he continues, if Alberto continues to have a really strong strength, strong spring, how do you justify keeping mm-hmm. Leori in that role as the utility guy when he's playing like crap <laughs> and you have somebody who's playing really, really well? It's like, I, I just really hope that the Sox are not hesitant to just DFA the guy. Like if he's not performing at the end of the spring, if he continues to have a bad spring, just cut him loose. Let him go and give it to the guy who has earned it. So again, it's early, but so far, that's kind of okay. what I'm seeing. Yeah, and the rules now hold on. They're on the hook for like twelve million more to him, right? I mean, they they owe it to him if no one picks him up, right? Uh, and they owe it to him minus the minimum if someone does pick him up. So they're sort of on the hook. But if nobody wants him, and who would want him? Um, what he goes to Charlotte and they they just pay him a lot of money, right? Unless and, and then they can what they can outright they can just say no, just go away, or they he could still stay in the system and just be paid a lot. Am I wrong or? Well, all right, let's pretend that's the case. And if anybody knows better, um, don't laugh at me in the comments. Just pretend that I was making a very obscure point um, that was just too esoteric for any of us to understand, including myself. So I'll shut up now. Yeah. Well, way to bring Leori Garcia up. That was in your notes, Melissa. Come on. Now I'm depressed, man. We only got three minutes left. Well, this uh, is no. the bad part. This is the second <laughs> half was the bad part. Yeah, really. Of course, like, Leori Garcia is going to show yeah, up. We spent like two part. thirds, you know, like uh, getting all excited about the White Sox. What's wrong with us? Uh, he, he did hit a home run. So maybe like, like game three home run will carry him. Maybe this one spring training isn't home this, run is going to carry this, him. Isn't this cute that you just did that? Every time he hits a home run now, which I admittedly is probably not much. Every time we're going to mention the fact he hit that massive home run in the ALDS, it's like, you know, every, you know, he's going to have five more career home runs. And every time it's going to be mentioned that, hey, remember that home run he had that went 450 feet in the ALDS? Well, that's what they can put on the statue when they erect the statue in about seven years. Uh, okay, now it's, it's, it's getting really grim. Um, all right, well, uh, let's wind this thing up. 
uh, we will definitely do more podcasts under the Vox umbrella because uh, as predicted, again, if you listen to the start, um, and I don't blame you if you didn't, but go back. If you didn't, what are you doing? Skip it around our podcast. Come on. It's not going to make any sense to you. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, we are uh, going to be moving on from a Vox uh, podcast, but uh, that estimated March 1st start date has been pushed back by Vox. And we're going to see if whether or not the FS SN network they're going to be part of can punch back and get that moved up. We are likely to be doing opening day podcasts uh, under the Vox umbrella. I don't know. It's a toss up. This is weird. Maybe we're going to have to do two. Maybe the already arduous amount of work we do on opening day, which is like pregame podcast, postgame, we're going to have to double it. Crystal will be the alternate host or Joe will be the alternate host or Miss will be all. Maybe we'll do like four podcasts. Uh, all right. Multiplicity coming to a podcast soon uh, near you. It's Southside Sox podcast 137. Thank you, Melissa, Super Joe. And Jordan, I appreciate you having with me. Hey, listen, who needs February? Who cares about February? It's March now, and we're doing podcasts. We will be back, I promise this time, sooner than you are ready to have us back. Uh, we'll be back to talk more White Sox baseball, good and bad, uh, very soon. Thanks for hanging with us, and we'll see you again very soon on the Vox LLC Network.